Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be His kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people, and in our time grant us your peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our first reading is from Deuteronomy. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God any more, or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet, who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's read together Psalm 111, found in your insert. Hallelujah. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. Great are the deeds of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. His work is full of majesty and splendor, and his righteousness endures forever. He makes his marvelous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He gives food to those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. 
He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the lands of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and justice. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever because they are done in truth and equity. He sent redemption to this people. He commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is glorying of wisdom. Those who act accordingly have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. The second reading is from Corinthians. Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is only one God, the Father, from whom all things and, and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? So by your knowledge, those weak believers for whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their failing, I will never eat meat so that I may not cause one of them to fall. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, they entered the synagogue. He entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in, this, in their synagogue, their synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. 
They were all amazed and they kept asking one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority? What command he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We read these words from Psalm 111. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those who act accordingly have good understanding. His praises endure forever. To fear the Lord is to stand in awe of the Lord God, to come to see and to know, to love and to serve the God who creates and redeems. A Google search gave this response. Fearing the Lord means to be in reverent awe of his holiness, to give him complete reverence, and to honor him as the God of great glory, majesty, purity, and power. Today's Gospel reading from Mark is Jesus' first public appearance since he called his first four disciples. They go to Capernaum, where they enter a synagogue, and Jesus begins to teach. Those in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, the people who had gathered, the men who had gathered, and the disciples are hearing Jesus' words for the first time. His manner of teaching, Mark tells us, is different from the scribes. It is described as one having authority. The word for authority, exousia, exousia, is related to the verb exd, meaning it is free or it is permitted. It is the sovereign freedom of one who acts without hindrance. Jesus' teaching is different from that of the scribes whose teaching depends on their knowledge of and adherence to traditional interpretation of the Torah. This will be made even more clear in an encounter between Jesus and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders who question him by what authority he acted in the clearing of the temple, in the cursing of the fig tree. Jesus teaches with an independent authority, the authority of God. For the scribes, the authority to teach came from being formally 
trained in reading and interpreting scripture. Brian Moss, Bishop of the Nebraska ELCA, wonders if the difference lies in the intimacy of Jesus and God. And I love his statement. Is there an element of the first person in Jesus' teaching that distinguishes it from the third person of the scribes? That makes sense. That makes sense. Is the word more alive with Jesus? Being there from the beginning of time, is it more personal? for Jesus. Doing the will of God is it a more natural thing for Jesus to do. That is, that it is part of his being as being one with God. The source of Jesus' authority is recognized by the man with an unclean spirit who was in the synagogue listening to Jesus. In Mark's gospel, demons are identified as unclean spirits because they are understood to defile those whom they afflict and control. It is surprising that the unclean spirit is even in the temple, this holy place, and on the Sabbath day, a holy day where they would gather in the temple. The unclean spirit is considered unclean, especially in the ceremonial sense. He should not have been in the temple. He had no right to be in the temple. His presence is not welcome. It is also surprising that he is the one to identify Jesus as the Holy One of God. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Human recognition of Jesus, where he is from and who he's, whose he is, the son of Joseph. But the unclean spirit becomes accusatory. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The unclean spirit now points to Jesus' divine origin. According to the New International Version, the name was perhaps used by the unclean spirit in accordance with the occult belief that the precise use of a person's name gave certain control over him. But Jesus had come to Capernaum following his time in the wilderness where he had resisted the temptations of Satan. Satan did not have control over Jesus and no unclean spirit would have control over Jesus. Jesus' authority is witnessed a second time in his response to the man with the unclean spirit. 
In Mark, Jesus never lets unclean spirits make known his divine identity. Jesus rebukes him, stills him, and commands it to come out of the man. The unclean spirit obeys. The man is set free. The crowd's response is amazement. What is this? they ask. A witness replies, a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. The disciples will experience this fear turning to awe when they find themselves in a boat, in a furious squall, with Jesus sleeping in the stern. They have to wake him up. Jesus is sound asleep. He is at peace. And the disciples must wake him up because they are afraid for their lives. Jesus is awakened. He calms the storm. And the disciples respond, What is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus' authority comes from authenticity, truth, compassion, humility, divine love, wisdom. Jesus is revealing the kingdom of God. He is doing the will of God. He is restoring the people into right relationship with God. May we be still and listen. May we hear God's words and obey. May we believe in the power of the Spirit and follow the Holy One of God. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the Lord.
He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one wonderful Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. I ask your prayers for God's people throughout the world. For Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury. For Michael, our presiding bishop. Mary, our priest. For Jessica and Bob, our wardens. Connie, Deanna, Robin, and Sharon, our vestry. For this gathering. And for all ministers and people. Pray for the church. I ask your prayers for peace for goodwill among nations, and for the well-being of all people. Pray for justice and peace. I ask your prayers for the poor, the sick, the hungry, the oppressed, and those in prison. Pray for those in any need or trouble, especially Bob and Sharon, Louise, Jane, Patricia, Sue, Tom, Connie, Wayne, Sharon, Ruth, Cindy, Greg, Suzanne, Chris, Mary, Jerry, the Rainamanus family, Jimmy, and Bob. I ask your prayers for all who seek God or a deeper knowledge of him especially in the Anglican cycle of prayer for the Anglican Church of Southern Africa. Pray that they may find and be found by him. I ask your prayers for the departed. Pray for those who have died. I ask your prayers for those, your prayers for those in the armed forces and especially for those deployed, for Mikey. In our prayer cycle of prayer for Thomas and Susan, for Paul and family, and for those celebrating birthdays, for Christine. Praise God for those in every generation in whom Christ has been honored. Pray that we may have grace to glorify Christ in our own day. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you.
Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, you can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.